0: Welcome to Every Album Ever with Mike and Alex. My name is Michael Mansour, and I'm joined, as always, by my hydrated co-host, Alexander Voltz. Say hello. Hello. This is Every Album Ever the podcast. We're listening to every single album in the world, one artist at a time. That's a whole new discography per episode. And today, we'll be discussing every album by... Power Trip. Power Trip. This is requested on Patreon by Paige. Paige, thank you so much for supporting and hanging out with us and giving us your money.
1: Paige is awesome. Uh, fellow heavy metal wrestling...
0: Fan enthusiast, yeah. Makes cool signs. Very nice, very nice. Much appreciated. Uh, thank you for suggesting this. If, if you any of you would like to also suggest stuff for us, we need money. We are dying. We're poor boys. We have no AC. There's a giant fan blowing at us because we're dying in this heat. Uh go to Patreon. Patreon.com slash every album ever. Uh yeah. if you're tier two, we get a suggestion an artist for us to cover all their albums within reason. Page was kind of to give us a a, a nice thrash band with three albums or two albums and some stuff some eps and some shit that's uh you know compiled on one album it's easy also, being also,
1: very kind also i like the you know subtle through lines through episodes I like continuing our our southern lord yeah adventures yeah so. check out our Probot
0: episode and our who else was on southern
1: burning North? witch burning witch uh, maybe someone else but anyways i've i've said it before i I love Southern Lord and great got to talk about another Southern Lord band today. So
0: hell yeah. So go there, do that, please. And thank you. Uh so power trip. Uh Thrash band, whose name I've heard a few times, but this was this whole band, like almost their entire existence, uh was after my thrash phase. Mm-hmm. And this is like a very pr- like current band. What if I told you you've seen them live? What if I told you you're wrong, Alex. There's
1: no way I saw them live. Open up uh, Lama God and Anthrax. I and saw Power
0: Trip. You're right. Oh, death no. Heaven. What a lineup. dude! Hell of a lineup. So I didn't realize that I fucking saw them. Also, yeah. I'm really grateful to have seen them before the death of the vocalist um, uh, Riley Gale, RIP. Mm-hmm. Um, but to in my defense, I remember nothing about that show uh, except uh, for a little bit of Anthrax th- and a little bit of Lamb of God. I think you were this
1: like, I know very little about either the, a lot of these bands at the time. I was like, you're
0: just going, you're yes. just going. Yeah. And as anybody who's heard this podcast before it, knows, I love Deaf Heaven. And I know I never shut up about Deaf Heaven. And that was the first time I saw Deaf Heaven. I don't remember it. I don't yeah. remember it at
1: all. So <laughs> it's was, it was very cool because Randy came out and did Dreamhouse with them. That's right. And then also after the concert, they did like S.O.D. cover, cover covers.
0: Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, with, with, uh, with Scott. Scott Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was the only time I ever saw Anthrax. That's, uh, that's fun. It's good stuff. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Fun. Uh,
1: Well, yeah. Fun. Every band sounds different. It's what I love from a good concert.
0: Yeah, But yeah, stack like stack lineup like that. uh, I much prefer that everyone sounds completely fucking different. And yeah, that Honestly, like Def Heaven had no <laughs> Def Heaven had no no place being on that lineup. <laughs> I think I think that well, I, I think, like it. Yeah. I'm glad it was, I'm glad yeah. they were there. But it, like, just at least the other at least Anthrax and Power Trip are Thrash. At least like that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. No, you need you need the Def Heaven
1: in there to kind of like reminds you the three bands are different.
0: Yeah, from each other. for sure. Um, but other than that, I, uh, did you have any exposure or experience with this band? Uh,
1: I've I. I've tried I've tried to listen to them. I just don't think they're they're my bag. Is it because
0: perhaps you don't like Thrash?
1: I we we talked a little bit about this on the Mr. Bungle episode. It was like Check I was like in a weird way we unintentionally did like a segue from the the Easter Bunny demo into into Power. Yeah, Truck and. not uh, yeah, this uh, this podcast is making me confront my feelings about thrash metal. Yeah, it's,
0: that's interesting. It it'll do that when we're forced to listen to like full discographies. Uh, I, I've le- I learned a lot about your taste over the years. It's like, all right, no thrash, no folk, uh, no uh, no Britpop. <laughs> but yeah, in that same episode, you're like, well, you probably
1: don't enjoy that corrosion of conformity. Animosity, I was like I or i did i do fair I love, enough yeah yeah, yeah. So, there's, so
0: there's some wiggle room
1: i think uh overall because it's it's uh it's metal i i stand in in solidarity with it uh with your brothers your metal brethren yeah yeah and it's not like pretentious metal um, not, not even close yeah i think also you know growing up uh la had its own little own little thrash yep. metal the
0: retro thrash scene i was i, I was a part of that in, well, was, in many ways yeah well, what was the the uh i was friends with a ton of those
1: bands um there's one specifically that you bought up on this podcast
0: was it um feel by fire no no i hope not oh i mean i was friends with the original singer but uh war Is it start with war
1: no, no, that's that's Warbringer shout out Oh,
0: I was thinking of Warbringer, yeah.
1: Shout out to Chase. Okay, so I didn't I didn't,
0: I didn't forget uh, that, that match
1: Chase in forever, but it, yeah. in the same oh, in the same circle. Oh, Desecrate. Well, no, 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 no. Well, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I, I'm
0: thinking <laughs> hold
1: they, on. they know desecrate. They know Hold on. What do you know that I don't remember? <laughs> God damn it, Mike. There's one band that you bought up and I was oh, like, it's a waste. No. I'm naming every other band. This is hilarious. <laughs> God damn it. Mi- <laughs> municipal Waste was, Megadeth. Was Metallica. Was like, uh, yeah, yeah. They're like outside of that. <laughs> Fuck. I thought for sure you... Okay. The story you told was like you were kind of in the back of the you went... I believe you went to the show by yourself. And the story you tell is like you were in the back of the room, but the singer was just like in the front motherfuckers. Oh,
0: oh, Hyrax. Not Hyrax. Hexen, 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 Hexen. There we Christ go. Christ almighty. Took me a while to get back there. You reminded me of my own story. And that's how I remember. <laughs> I didn't even remember the band.
1: Just the one story Mike has yeah. told on this podcast. Not even to me. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> They're a cool band. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so, yeah, just that. Hyrax. I mean, I don't, I don't even like Hyrax. but going. Fucking. Damn. Well they're a little bit older They but, are older yeah So yeah we name dropped a few like local LA things Yeah yeah, yeah. Warbringer is the most popular Um, But
0: yeah there it, were, I opened it for them twice never met them once Holy shit Yeah.
1: Um, yeah so Like and then I feel like power trip Municipal waste and To a lesser Extent but like Part of it to me, Revocation. Have you ever listened no, to them? No, no, no. Um, they're probably the more the most like techie out of the three, but I still include them in the
0: Okay. Uh yeah, there was a, a, a bustling scene there for, for a minute. And mm-hmm. uh honestly, I wasn't that big on them. And I was like friends with a lot of them and they were they were cool bands. Uh, but they were they were just, it was just retro thrash. They were just doing thrash exactly how it left off in the 80s. I think,
1: yeah, I have, I think I had that fatigue of like friend, friend rock. Uh, oh, wait, what? I, if someone's in a band, oh, always yeah, call yeah. it friend yeah.
0: rock. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of ones that, that I remember being a little bit better than the rest. Like one was Merciless Death, which I believe. I'm assuming they were named after the Dark Angel song. Check out that episode we covered Dark Angel. That was a long time ago. Holy shit. Yeah. Um they were cool. Uh and then Fuel by Fire was like the like the big one of the time and the original singer Gio was like um like muscled out of it. Like I think he had to cancel some kind of tour over like some like personal family matter. Oh shit. And then they just like they disowned him and they like they they kind of talk some shit about him. Mm. Uh, and I met him later on with the, when he had his, like his other band called Master Destructor. And he was like the coolest guy ever. He, had, he actually wanted me to join his band, but um, I turned it down for whatever reason. Fucking but, Mr. Big Shot over here. No, no, <laughs> no. no. But like, he was a like, really sweet guy. Like, so I ended up like respecting, and I actually did like his other band, but... Yeah, it was it was a it was going for a while, and then eventually uh, I hit like eighteen or nineteen or something, and I just started like uh, I'm listening to Mr. Bungle now, guys. Sorry, I'm, I don't know what's so, going. I don't know what's happened.
1: I'm done. <laughs> sorry, I'm weird now. Pretty, yeah, pretty much. I realized I may have a problem with with thrash when we did Dri. I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be that guy, but I think.
0: that's the thing so with DRI check out that episode I was we're talking about all these other bands not Power PowerChurch we'll get to it we have plenty of time to talk about these albums but
1: in actuality we really don't talk about thrash that much rarely
0: we rarely cover the thrash bands in general but DRI was like Bef- way before we covered them, I was always, I said it many times, uh, about crossover thrash, and sp- uh, specifically, DRI was always the best. They were mm-hmm. always the best at it. They did it the most seamlessly. Uh, they were never bad. They were just one of the best fucking punk bands, uh, thrash bands ever. And then you heard them, you're like, ah, I, don't, I don't get it. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. That may be one of the biggest,
1: like, but I, biggest like opposite yeah yeah <laughs> um but yeah i had the same thing where i'm like you know it's for the cause
0: the metal cause
1: it is for the metal cause i respect what they do i just can't my my ears are just like
0: eh. slow it down for me easy there kiddos slow it down for grandpa yeah i, guess- I need to go- I mean, at 3 BPM, I mean, as slow as possible.
1: I guess there's a reason I gravitated more towards slug and doom stuff.
0: Yeah, I was a speedy guy in my in my youth. I was a hardcore punk and thrash, all speed. If I was younger, I like, like knew me, I wouldn't,
1: like, uh, fuck, and I'm sorry to forget band names again. <laughs> I don't even know how to look it up. It's just like... <sighs> an obscure thrash band. They're like,
0: they're really fucking fast. I think they just have like, Oh, you mean, um, Oh no, no, no. I got We're doing it. Doing it again. No, no. I know it. I know it. I know the band. We, to- we talked about It's many times. Yeah. There's, they're obscure and I can always do it. It's like, boom. But today my brain hates money talks and people listen. <laughs> what is, is one of the songs? Yeah. Money talks is the name of the second album or like third album. It's the tip, of my fucking tongue. It's right there, tip. It's right there. Cryptic slaughter, slaughter. dude. We suck, dude. <laughs> what do we do this podcast? We my, suck. My
1: brain, <laughs> all the fast music. This made my brain crash. Um, like, yeah, new me probably wouldn't like cryptic slaughter, but you know, because I have young memories I'm at like, the time. Yeah, yeah. You
0: remember them fondly. Uh. Actually, this is not that related, but I've talked about Vermont in the past and the, the crossover thrash brand that I liked a lot. But their side project, Spastic Blur, was uh, a huge favorite amongst me and my friends in high school. And sure, you can probably maybe throw in maybe it's thrash, but it is so zany and so mm-hmm. silly and weirdly melodic and kooky. It's like the Mr. Bungle of thrash, like except a little bit <laughs> sillier. Mr. Bungle should be. It is it is what the Raging <laughs> Rather the Easter Bunny, like what, I, what we wanted from that. It's kind of yeah. like that. That's what Spastic Blur is. Okay. Actually, we might, maybe we can do an episode on it. It's one album. It's fucking great. But at least I remember it being great. Maybe it doesn't hold up anymore. I don't know. But anyway, Power Trip. Uh, I'm assuming, you, so you're not big on it just because of the, the nature of Thrash. I imagine these albums didn't land for you. Mm,
1: they're, they're okay, but I, res- I respect it. I, I do like uh, aspects about the band is uh the the la thrash stuff felt very like polish and yeah. clean which was always ironic to me because i'm like the the word thrash oh is yeah dirty and grimy this is just neanderthal caveman music and it sounds dirty and grimy and i do appreciate that
0: it's so I, I'm, I didn't like fall in love with any of these albums, but I do. I mean, I, I'm a thrash guy, so I still like it. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't find myself not liking any of this. Uh, there's a, it's just a. What it, they come they come in to do a jo- they're a cleaner. They come in to do a job, mm-hmm. and they do the job. I mean, what do, what more do you fucking want? It's uh,
1: it's funny to say this about an aggressively fast band, but there's there's no thrills. Like you said, they they have their job. Yeah. They're getting in. They're getting out. They're doing it well.
0: Yeah, there's no, uh, there's no. You're not going to see any evolution here. You're not going to see any like twists or turns. You're not going to see any crazy uh, left turn moments. Mm-hmm. It's it's strictly thrash. If you like thrash, you'll be fine with it. Um, actually, I did see uh, a comment um, on our uh, our bongo video talking about thrash and how it's really hard to do to do good thrash. Um, I don't remember the, the full details of the comment. Mm-hmm. But it it it's jogged a, a thing that I that I've been like kind of ruminating the past uh, few days, maybe a week or so, of like how do you make good thrash? Because for a long time uh, I couldn't explain it. Like w- what makes like it just has to feel good. Like why is Rain and Blood so good? I don't I, know. But I I'm kind of getting a little better at, at like this, pinpointing of okay what, what and a lot of it is like um a lot of it is so so fucking dependent on drums Mm. a lot it's like if the drummer is constantly mixing it up and changing things around then you're going to be on board with it because the riffs they're always at least for the most part they're always going to be really evil sounding or mean um, with the exception of like a metallica where it gets really melodic sometimes but even they have like just a million mean riffs it's the rhythm and the the changes that kind of keep it interesting i think Thrash is one of the most rhythm dependent metal genres, metal subgenres there is. that doesn't get credit for that.
1: Interesting. It, I'm looking forward to your your future.
0: Yeah, because let's just think about Slayer for a second. Mm-hmm. You look at Angel of Death and how many places that opening song goes by itself, and it's one of the longer songs in the album. Not long, but. That song at four minutes or whatever has to go all these places to keep your interest. Every mm. other song is like two minutes, and it gets in, gets out. And some of them are slow, some of them are faster. Um, I think it's. Uh, I think drums are very. They're appreciated in thrash, but not enough. I think in terms of how good the fucking songs end up being, which is, yeah, it took me a minute to come up with that. It took me twenty years to, <laughs> to come up with that one.
1: Yeah, because I'm still I'm still struggling to put uh put words to it to like. <laughs> nail it down and like like in my head outside of you know the big four like what does like a good modern thrash band sound like to me i'm not quite sure
0: yeah because i think when we when i think of the albums that have made us bored it's just ones that are perfect example is the bungle album Mm -hmm. i mean as much as we love bungle um easter bunny demo uh it was long, and it was the same mode the whole way through. Mm-hmm. There was not a lot of variation in rhythms and switch-ups and, switch ups and uh, breakdowns and stuff. Like you, thrash needs those; it needs those. Uh, you listen to like a rust and peace, and like yeah, you hear those shifts and those changes and those big breaks, um, where now we're going to transition to this completely different section, and it has a different feel and different rhythm. Uh, those are those are big and important. I almost
1: wonder if like Metallica was so good at doing the melodic stuff and then Megadeth kind of carved out their own own corner. Yeah. Where it's such a, a strong sound that maybe other other thrash bands are kind of scared to venture to those places because then it's like, oh, fuck, we just sound like Metallica where the the default dirty fast or the more polished fast stuff is like the default. So it's accepted.
0: Maybe because a lot of, cause you get the big four and then you get everyone else and they all, they all sound way more similar than the big four sound to it, mm-hmm. which I, I thought was always very interesting. Even So uh, even though there there is variation, it, it does come back to like fast and dirty for most of them. Mm-hmm. Even like more melodic ones, like, like forbidden is a good, is a, well, forbidden is a funny band because those vocals, I mean, on that first album, there's a lot to laugh at, but they are like a really intricate, good melodic thrash band, but they still fit. They still fit in with all the others. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, That's an interesting thought. Yeah. But uh, before we dive too far away from this band, uh, Power Trip. So these dudes are harsh. They're dirty. They're fucking mean. Uh, the vocalist RIP has, I think a really cool style. I mean, it was I mean, it's dirty as hell. I mean, he's got a shredder of a voice, um, and it fits in really well. It, it's like it, this so, is more tuned or more akin to like early Sepultura.
1: Mm, yeah. Also, like yeah. Sometimes I thought more like like the Venom vocalist. Not, yeah. Not
0: exactly Chronos. the same, but more that growly, really ra- like harsh. The screams, but it's like a I I want to say like a Venom <laughs> type of voice, which is yeah just not not like a sh- black metal shriek or, or anything like that but just a very guttural fucking harsh yell and i think um i end up enjoying that a lot more in thrash because mm-hmm. um you get the alternative which is like the more sung stuff you get some I, honestly thrash has some of the most baffling vocal choices in all of metal
1: i would agree with that
0: you get someone like you get the the high-pitched whales which i like an agent Steel or something which I, I always just couldn't stand uh even with Joey Belladonna from Anthrax, who I like him, but he still has that, you know, very singy style. And then you get some kind of average just shouters. And then you get some wackos, wackos, like the singer from Violence, where he's mm-hmm. just like, I don't know, ah! so it's like Jerry Seinfeld. But I like it. It sounds great to me. <laughs> uh, and then you get dudes like this, who I ultimately prefer mm-hmm. singing this kind of music. Uh But yeah, very harsh, very very dirty. It's very ugly, and you're gonna if you hear one album, it's basically take take your pick of which one you prefer. They're all so similar. Yeah, I have which one I prefer easily. But say (laughs) uh, we don't talk about all of it. Um, So they put out two full length albums. Um, They're still together, but with uh, the recent death of Riley in 2020, um, from I believe it was a fentanyl overdose, which Mm. is fucking devastating because it just keeps fucking happening to people um Uh,
1: especially you know uh going in around lockdown i think uh a lot of people were turning to
0: drugs no coincidence
1: and then i think because the demand for drugs was like oh shit we can't possibly meet this it was being being cut with that yeah at least to my knowledge i could be
0: very wrong so every i mean these days everything is still covered with fentanyl and uh i'm not i'm always i've always been pretty like against like you know heavy coke use in general but Mm. like now it's like no dude you're gonna die like people fucking keep dying from that like yeah i may have like a bias against that drug in general but also you will probably die these days it's cutting everything but here i don't think they found anything else in his system except for weed Mm -hmm. so i think it might have just been straight fentanyl that he was doing oh shit because he's always apparently he always had a drug problem or something but it was it's uh it was august 24th 2020 and i mean that is smack dab in lockdown time Mm -hmm. and that is that's when yeah that's when things were getting dicey that's when it was like oh i guess we're not going back to normal what do we do now i guess we'll just fucking keep staying in and it's coping mm-hmm. and that's how that happens. And that is fucking upsetting, but the band is still going. Uh, I think they're still trying to uh, iron out and figure out how they're going to continue without them. Um, Cause we have right now we have um, an interview with uh, drummer, Chris Olsch, with uh from our boy tom osman please follow tom osman at tom Osmond sounds everywhere as well as tom he does a lot of work for us and he got this interview exclusively for us oh shit. So thank you so much to, to, to chris for doing this for us and tom of course for constantly surprising us and you know fucking pulling
1: in I, <laughs> pulling shit out of your ass i thought it was just an interview
0: he did separate and that god damn yeah yeah so this is uh, a yeah, very very thank very grateful thank Mir- you so much miracle worker indeed uh so we have that and we have a lot of insights from the band um because of that, and he didn't join until 2010 um, after the first couple of demos. The vast majority, even including the compilation, he's on most of it, um, but you know what? I take that back. I, I'll, we'll get to it. I'll figure it out as it go along. <laughs> it's there's a bunch of dates here. I'll figure it out, baby. I'll figure it out. Uh, so yeah, three records total that we're covering. Um, first one was officially released. First album was officially released in 2013, but we have um, the compilation um, which the compilation was released in 2018, but it has stuff from 2008 all the way to 2014. And it has, I think the first EP on there was, which is 2011 and that as well as, uh, I'm an idiot. 2009, 2009. it. you know what? It's, it's looking a, at you right in the face. It's, I'm look I'm reading it and then I'm not saying it. I'm saying the one beneath it.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> Messing up the two bad names earlier. Just, just fucked us up.
0: We're done. We're done, dude. Uh, yeah. First EP was 2009. And uh, we have that one uh, as well as some other stuff um, on that, on the compilation. Uh, but the last album is 2017 last album as of right now. So I guess we might as well jump into it. Would you like to jump into it?
1: Yes. I'm fucking ready.
0: Hell yes. Yeah. So let me just, where's my mouse? God damn it. Where's my mouse? Uh, yeah. So this is a, this is a compilation. This is uh came out 2018. This uh, compiles, the Armageddon Blue EP, the Power Trip EP, or the sorry, the Armageddon Blues Sessions. It's not just the EP; it's the entire session of uh, the Power Trip um, EP from 2011, and um, some singles uh, and compilation tracks. Okay, they're all on this compilation. So this is Opening Fire, 2008 to 2014. I love the the album art they got for for the compilation. Oh yeah pull that up. Yeah, it's a cover. A lot of their art has that estate to it. Um, almost uh, with a pencil drawn, but with color. Which is like a very metal metal thing. Yeah.
1: These are like the closest a thrash band wants to venture towards, like, Metallica, like, yeah, yeah, riffs, I feel like. If I'm not, oh, I love that fucking, also solo. I was gonna say, um, we've been covering, like, a lot of noise bands, but I still feel like there's a formula. There's something really crazy, this, like, this song, quick solo right
0: in the front of love the song. Love it, love it. That's big and thrash. That's another thing I like about it. Mm
1: Some of that, that like what we were talking about, that that like chronos Yeah, it's very slobbery.
0: That Tiki's rabbit. Yeah. Nice. Oh boy. Nice. Uh
1: but, um, worst least favorite, worst least
0: favorite. So that's <laughs> not bad. No, no, it's not versus... bad. No. Uh, yeah. So this has all the, all the early stuff. It, uh, um, so yeah, it has the subtitles, titles, um, subtitle EP, um, and the full, like I said before, the full Armageddon Blue Sessions. It doesn't feel as, um, as a uh, choppy or, or like uh, mushed together as you would expect from like a, a compilation. Mm-hmm. It all sounds like it's all kind of one thing, but because of that, it ends up um, feeling like less uh, breaks. So what I mean by that is like, so the first three tracks, that was one EP. Mm-hmm. And I think you put on the first three, three tracks and then it ends, that feels like a like a full contained thing and it mm. works. Uh, and then uh, or, or um, the Armageddon Blues sessions, which starts uh, track six all the way to the end, you put on just those six tracks, it works as its own little thing. But because they're Uh, You put them all together, you don't, and they sound the same production wise. You don't get any breaks, you don't feel like anything's ending. It just feels like the same kind of thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. This one has it feels like this one has the least amount of variation, the least amount of diversity, uh, and the most sameness out of of all their albums.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, for me, I think they just really um, did what bands do, even though this is very primal music. I think there's still an evolution to the band where I can recognize they. Yeah, I, I feel is. like they got better as songwriters.
0: Yeah, it's not like a, a massive transformation, but there is an evolution. I the, should have said that earlier.
1: Yeah, that I noticed. So it's just like, yeah, that's all it is. It's just like I see, I see the growth and hear the growth these guys put in. So, yeah. Um, but you know, every, all of their albums, including this compilation, come in very short. It's,
0: it's oh, they're very short. Yeah, they're all like. Under forty mi- all of them are under forty minutes.
1: Uh breeze to listen to. Um I've never heard of this band prong. Have you? Oh
0: yeah. Prong uh I know Tom is a big fan of prong. Okay. That, um uh, Tommy Victor from um fucking um Danzig? <laughs> I'm no. pretty sure. Wait, was that dude do- click on that guy's fucking name? Yeah. Okay, yeah, no, he was in that's, Danzig.
1: That's not who I'm thinking of.
0: Um yeah, his main bags were, were prong and danzig. Okay. Uh check out that episode by the way
1: um that's that song felt brainwave the, yeah the most different to me and now i know why
0: yeah yeah that makes i didn't realize it until i was doing a little bit of reading about this that yeah that is a prong cover i haven't heard heard them yet um i i believe they would be a, another band that would be appropriate to cover on this podcast but <laughs> um there's some stuff here that that does kind of um separate itself a little bit like this world is is got a lot more punkiness to it than i think m- almost any other song of theirs
1: mm-hmm. it is the most like like, I know, like, in hip-hop, they have the term boom-bap, but in thrash, I mean, like, boom-bap at a 1,000 miles per
0: hour. The, the one-two beat, you I mean? Uh, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, what we'd call the thrash beat is, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, if you're a thrash band, you end up doing the thrash beat, the one-two beat.
1: Also, yeah. anytime time in a band like this, you can hear you can hear bass on the song. That's uh, going to make you stand out a little bit. So
0: that's the, another thing about this compilation that they do a lot and they never do again. Mm-hmm. It's uh these single bass plucks that that uh, line up with the drums uh, behind uh, uh a guitar a guitar riff that lets it ring. So single staccato bass hits, uh, usually one note mm-hmm. behind a guitar that's like l- hitting it uh, long long legato notes or long legato phrases, long open open uh, ringing notes or riffs. And it has this really cool groovy quality to it, really heavy. Um, and I. It does get a little repetitive, but I did find myself craving it in other albums because mm-hmm. uh, it's a it's a it's a very cool kind of beating into a ground beating you into the ground kind of kind of sonic thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm losing my fucking vocabulary here. But um,
1: and then Hammer of Dawn, which we'll revisit. Yeah, this um, is. A, I think this version's
0: from 2010.
1: This is kind of where I felt the the cr- the crossover here, where I was like, okay, I can hear. I can hear like the the hardcore specifically, like that that like New York hardcore. Oh scene. yeah,
0: that's right. Maybe yeah.
1: like a, a biohazard or like a hate breed. Mm-hmm. Um and then uh yeah, you know, throwing down some good riffs on on that song. I can see why they decided to
0: I do like that song. I'm glad they kind of kept it. I think that if I'm not mistaken, that might have been like a big song for them, um, at least from a writing standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um that kind of like influenced what direction they were going to go. At oh, least, yeah. yeah.
1: Look, that, at, look at this wealth of...
0: Oh, yeah. We have some stuff here. <laughs> uh, I believe Chris cited that song as being like um, almost like a liaison between like styles. Like that's what kind of... um, that's, also, what, that's what pushed forward the new... What, what they ended up becoming. Also uh, <laughs> stupid. Oh, <laughs> well, you know, there, we have some more history about them that I forgot to get into. Or I didn't it, realize that we had. Yeah. Uh, but we'll get into it um, after a little bit more dissecting okay. of this album okay uh so armageddon blues is is uh you know the beginning that whole chunk is the beginning of the armageddon blues sessions uh i was a like, guy I, I really don't care for that opening riff but when it picks up it gets fucking rad around uh two minutes in the drums do this really fucking cool tom thing like this mm-hmm. rolling tom thing um i can't i'm not sure how to, how to describe it i mean you know what put that son bitch on uh because i found that to be at a very just just show two minutes flat that yeah i love that beat i love that fucking beat it is like something
1: you kind of strictly hear in. in
0: metal yeah and it also has a fuck those toms those have a really metallic quality to them. Not, not like as in metal like as in steel mm-hmm. shiny metallic aluminum um yeah i love the way those fucking jumps down um and also it's harsh as shit like i think it's easy for me to, to, to forget how harsh this is because i'm so used to thrash and um but, oh, but, for, but,
1: for the normies
0: yeah like those vocals <laughs> are fucking gnarly like that whole that section was gnarly um but yeah, I do that song a lot. Um, Lake of Fire solid. uh Solid. One, one of the the slower songs,
1: and I use that term.
0: Yeah. The slow sl- stuff here isn't super slow, but you do notice it. No, it's not doom slow. It's no.
1: slower than the the breakneck pace the band usually plays at.
0: Indeed. Uh, actually, the entire Armageddon Blues session, that most of those songs I felt had significantly better arrangements than everything else before that. Um, it, I mean, it makes... I know it doesn't make that much sense because this is the earlier shit. I don't know. It was felt way more uh, frantic, spastic, and unpredictable. These arrangements were... Whereas um, you hear it a little bit on the first handful of tracks. And then you hear a lot on the albums Mm. that we're going to talk about afterward. They tend to follow a formula. um, And that formula almost always ends in a breakdown in the final quarter of a song. Mm. And I started to notice it very quickly. But here, it's pretty wild. It's kind of hard to peg a lot of these songs, arrangement-wise this this is a uh, a roller coaster that i'm that i'm
1: on and uh yeah it's intense it's intense uh but the e- sameness got to me for sure i think evil beat is one of their like fastest songs or at least to the ears um to the point where like and it's not it's not an insult where like it's so fast. It sounds like it's falling apart, and then they
0: yeah. like, bring it back together. And the, the, it takes this really strong driving turn toward the end. Uh, I I did like the, the the flow and diversity of that song. Mm-hmm. It's another one of the crazier ones that kind of goes all over the place, which I found uh, pretty entertaining. Um, and despite the fact that every riff on this on this album is fucking hideous and like it's so bitter. There's like, <laughs> there's no ounce of like oh that's that's a fun. There's none, none of that. It's so funny because. The like production
1: gets better, but they still figure out a way to make it sound like nasty and and grimy. Where, like, here maybe it's like, oh, they don't have the best, but it there's something endearing about it. And then it's like, we have better stuff, but we need to make it sound worse.
0: That's that's actually something that that Chris uh Chris mentions at some point um in the interview that we have because, like, uh around i can't i can't speak for anything this late because i was i already stopped listening to the newer bands at this point but at least before that like like um 2005 to 2010 or 2009 mm-hmm. all those bands had the same production they like very mm-hmm. similar production it was like this really really obnoxiously punchy bass kick drum and really mid heavy guitars and it just had a very distinct sound to it um and it all became very weary. And mm-hmm. th- these albums do not sound like, like th- there's an actual character to, these, to this production. Yes. Um, a lot of it is very reverb heavy too, which is, a, um, I think actually works. I, I expect it to be a lot more muddied than, than it comes across. It, it, I think it works.
1: On, but, on paper, you're like, this sounds like a mess. And then when you hear it, you're like, oh shit, I can, okay.
0: Yeah, it's very distinguishable. Yeah. Um, but, uh, in terms of the history, so Chris didn't join till after, so this is what he says. He says, the band formed in 2008 in Dallas, Texas, but I actually didn't join until 2010. The four other members had been playing in hardcore bands and knew each other through the DFW, the Dallas-Fort Worth hardcore scene. I was living in Austin playing in some grind death metal bands and met the rest of Power Trip either when my bands played up in Dallas or one of the first times uh, PT came down to play Austin. Could be a mix of both too. Uh, so, they had a demo in 2008 with Marcus Johnson on drums. He was the, the guy before uh, before Chris. And, and then 2009 is uh, Armageddon Blues. And I, I imagine where the whole session was taken from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, oh, it was also Marcus Johnson on drums. And Chris says, uh, I wasn't on this recording, but I do remember Riley showing it to me in his car before it was released. I felt like they had finally tapped into something special and the songs were really good. Uh, after that, was the the departure EP, the first mm-hmm. three tracks on this compilation, to which he says, uh, this was my first, this was the first recording I was involved in. Suffer No Fool is a song heavily influenced by the first Leeway LP, um, and harkens back a bit to Armageddon Blues, whereas Divine Apprehension signified the direction the band would eventually take off in. Uh, Leeway, I, uh, Tom puts a link to the band Leeway, the thrash band from the, from the late 80s. I, I cannot believe I have never heard of them, never encountered them, have no idea who this band is. That's baffling to me because I was I was a very obsessive teenager. Oh, dude, w- yeah. W- w- when you get into music as a teenager, you go deep. And the fact I've never encountered Leeway is troubling to me. They're from New York too. Yeah, I, I have no I I'm it's very confusing. I have no idea, and now I'm very curious. I'm confused for you. Yeah. Uh, he, uh Chris also adds. He says another big p- uh piece linking the two is the song "Hammer of Doubt," which we talked about, which was written between the two EPs and is re- re-recorded on Man- on the first album that we're going to talk about next. To me, that was where the sound that the band is known for all started, uh, which makes a lot of sense. It's a good song. It does sound a lo- little bit more developed, and. It was recorded um later than everything else on, the, on this compilation mm-hmm. but time to move on this is both of our worst and least favorites for all the aforementioned reasons it will scratch a thrash metal itch for sure but absolutely uh i think i think
1: if you're into it for all the reasons chris pointed out it will sound unique and i think if you're more if you grew up similar where you had these clean thrash bands this is like this is in the mud
0: It's it is it is and in i mean mud.
1: that in a in a good way
0: it is yeah it is it is fucked up and dirty uh just you feel that it's a compilation and it does get samey it gets very samey um but we have Actual full length to talk about now. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So this is the first official album. This came out twenty thirteen. This is Manifest Decimation.
1: Gotta do that that classic
0: fade in, yep.
1: Also, I didn't notice like how spacey that is until yeah, this, the, the headphones. There's on right cu- now. Yeah,
0: there's a couple of uh, synth elements that they dial with every now and then. This production is already very characteristic um, Or that Unique, I'd say It's so It's so spacious
1: I love how like Filthy that was Going into the fast stuff too Yeah Um, But yeah, it's like Oh shit, yeah This sounds Better Yeah,
0: uh, 100%
1: So its vocals sound less like uh,
0: slobbery yeah. here. They're a little more clear, no clearer. Still harsh yeah. as fuck. Sure. sure. Yeah. And less like the guy from Obituary. Obituary. Oh, he kind of sounded like that that guy in the first. Okay. Movie, first, yeah. Any any
1: changes I point out are just for metal nerds. Normal yeah. people will be like, it's the same, same shit.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. Most people hear this as the exact same shit. Uh, so that's about as bitter as it gets for, for thrash. Uh, it's very serrated. This is a very serrated fucking album, but <laughs> uh, it's a cool. album And, uh, it's fun as hell. It's brief. It gets in, gets out. The, it's kind of what you need for thrash. It's not going to, it's not going to do anything fucking revolutionary. It's not going to blow your mind with any, any specific little thing. It is just purpose built purpose built mm-hmm. fucking dirty uh and i don't well there's only one song i have a problem with and that is drown uh which i felt kind of hold the, the pacing a little bit of it uh it's on the slower side which i i, I don't mind that mm-hmm. but uh the it, after it speeds up after like uh, you know, about a minute and a half, it goes into this riff that is basically the main riff to desperate cry by Sepultura, which is one of my favorite songs of all time. And I'm not going to unhear desperate cry when I hear that. Uh, God, damn. It, it's not like, a, it's not like a rip or anything. Yeah. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's just a very similar riff and it reminds me of it too much. Um, but other than that, this actually, I didn't realize how much this production was going to be sticking with me. Um, not that the songs aren't good or anything, but like uh, this doesn't sound 2013. <sighs> it's, it's weird because I
1: can tell like I can tell it's more modern, but which I guess is this band in a nutshell where I'm like there is something modern about them, but then it's very caveman like and yes. you could show this to like a thrash fan in like the eighties or nineties, exactly. And they would st-
0: it wouldn't like blow their mind. There's a certain level of, of glossiness that a lot of newer thrash brands have. A certain level of like, I don't want to say tightest because I usually mean that because I don't I'm not I'm not trying to compliment them. I mean it's like a certain level of overproduction. <laughs> like, this it doesn't sound shitty, but it sounds fucked up enough to be like, oh, this is this yeah, this is I don't know, real. I can't I can't think of like a a better descriptive word. It just feels a lot more organic or a. At least authentic in a, in a certain way. Um, Her- Heretics Fork, which is the second track. Uh, this is where I started getting a lot of Scandinavian punk vibes, which is a thing I was really big into as a teenager. And only Mike's <laughs> gonna say, of course. Uh, <laughs> st- yeah, stuff like um, like Anti uh, which is a really cool or a harker punk band, but they were fucking dirty. You know what? There's
1: there's one person listening who's like, you
0: fucking... Bu- yeah, fuck yeah, exactly. Fuck yeah, brother. They're a good band. They're a good <laughs> band. I believe they're Swedish. I, I think they were Swedish. But a lot of those bands from, from Scandinavia had this, especially vocally, like really, really screamy, gruff. It's it's kind of like the stuff that I feel like inspired a lot of crust Punk with that really harsh vocal style. But with the... I want to say messy, but it's not messy in, in performance. Just messy in the vibe of it. Mm. That it really gives me a lot of skinny even hooker punk vibes. Uh, plus, the the breakdown there kicks a lot of, kicks a ton of ass. Uh, but this is where I, uh, I notice a lot of the patterns in the songwriting. A lot of it starts out as high speed thrash, and then. Third final third of the final quarter, we're gonna slow it down, we're gonna do a breakdown. And usually it rules, but then I couldn't unhear the fucking mm. pattern. It just started, I was like, all right, there it is again, there it is again. And a lot of songs, it does that. Um something
1: that stood out to me, uh conditioned to death. I yep. like the the slow uh South of Heaven type intro. Yep. And then it gets cranked up, uh always uh the the like simple part of me is always impressed by fast drumming it always will be yeah. i think it's because it's something i was not good at so tough it's fucked up so when i hear someone do it i'm just like hell yeah brother hell yeah brother
0: uh yeah uh well i'm not gonna say, no. i'm done talking about production i've said enough about production i have so many thoughts about the production but I'm, I'm done at least for now uh Mur- Mur- go ahead. Go oh ahead. yeah,
1: Murderers Row. You get that again. this throwing a solo right in the beginning. Yep. More bands just put solos in unex. It doesn't have to be in the front. Just unexpected places. <laughs>
0: yeah, why not? uh Crossbreaker is a little bit uh, more in the uh, mid pace. size slower mid pace. Crunchy, vicious. I have one of my favorite songs on the, on the whole album.
1: Yeah. I. I think I just naturally gravitate more towards these like crunchier. Yeah. Song. So yeah, Crossbreaker is a, a highlight for me as well.
0: Power Trip, um, I was pretty lukewarm on it, was didn't care for me, didn't care much for it. I was like, all right, we're, we're at the point where it's good, me, kinda uneventful. And the final breakdown, uh, turned it around for me really strong. A lot of these breakdowns I, just absolutely fucking roll.
1: I I like Power Trip after because I also wasn't a big fan of drown, mm-hmm. but so I like Power Trip where Crossbreaker and Drowned are a little more crunchy yeah and then like power trip is this like boom maybe those other songs are at an eight or a nine we're back to back to ten
0: yeah and then the closer is hammer of doubt which Mm -hmm. we already heard this version um i like this version better Uh, i also heard this version first so maybe i'm just biased
1: yeah uh the movie dialogue wasn't on the early oh no no i don't believe so yeah, I was like, I'm not good at dissecting, the, but maybe Mike will.
0: No. Well, I mean, no, I'm not good at it either. It's, I think it's a fucking rat song. <laughs>
1: uh, that's, much like that's, the band, uh, our opinions are not eloquent. It was, no. It's, just, th- this, it's awesome or it's not.
0: <laughs> good, fast, good, fast, loud. Yes. Loud, good, fast.
1: Yes. In uh, the spirit of the band. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, my main thoughts about Hammer Doubt <laughs> kind of revolves around the production again, where. um it feels messy it feels muddy but it's not like they're they're messy or muddy um it's just uh and as much this, as
1: I, go ahead in this in this particular band when i say dirty and messy it's a it's a
0: it is a good thing yeah uh because i as much as i like the production here i think there's it's a little too much it's a little too much reverb I let, mm. I, on the vocals it never goes away it's on all three albums ton of reverb on the vocals and i think it sounds great but here I think there's just too much everywhere else, and it does bl- like bleed things together a little bit, especially on Hannah of Doubt." Um, even though I still prefer this version, uh, I don't know. It's got a character to it, but it's still it's still very. Uh, I still I think I think it bounces around too much. I still think with songs this fucking hectic and chaotic, it bounces around too much. Yeah, uh, but it's a cool album, and it's so fucking brief. I mean, yeah, it's like a little formulaic, it's samey. It's not anything that hasn't been done before, but it's fun. If you like thrash, I mean, non non-thrash fans need not apply. That's just the that's just the way it is. Also,
1: I think I think there was a reason they power trip broke out or other people kind of got stuck or didn't get to that that next
0: level. <laughs> Yeah, because even though there isn't a lot of variation on these albums, they they do like the one thing pretty much the whole time. Uh, that one thing is does have a signature a signature to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do have a feel that's entirely their own. Um, I, I could I can put it I can categorize it closer to Sepultura style, where it's a little bit uh, more fucked up, a little bit meaner, um, actually a lot meaner and heavier, where. I mean, Sepultura was always one of my favorites because of that, where um, you look at a lot of the American stuff and it's a little bit, some of it can be kind of campy. And even with the retro stuff from the, you know, mid-2000s period, they were emulating a lot of the American stuff like Exodus. Exodus is great, whatever, but it was a little bit lighter it was lighter it was more fun it was it was less vicious and furious and evil is it is it weird like my knee
1: jerk like name association when i hear the words thrash i don't even like exodus like this but my like first like reaction is like exodus do the toxic Wait, wait. wait is that exodus oh yeah Okay, I think so. You may, if I'm wrong, do not. I, I, I do not want to get shit. I don't want to get shit for this mic. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hold on, because I haven't heard it. in I Haven't heard them. In, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, okay. I, I haven't heard it in so fucking long. You made me doubt myself, Fa- I, so, I, dude. For Fabulous disaster. Yeah, I, I'm I,
1: just like that. Is like the de facto thrash song to me for some reason.
0: I because I haven't heard that album in so long. That's one of my favorite excess album is a fucking awesome album yeah it's been it's been like 10 years since i've heard it okay uh i was like, yeah of course and, uh, you almost gave me because i recognized it man. i just I, I couldn't give you the guarantee off the bat how to my, look it up my credibility was on the line right now <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah that one uh i mean what's his face um paul bailiff the original vocals he was only on the first album and he was like such a huge deal to the entire thrash scene he was <clears> like he really helped invent thrash. He was yeah. like a huge deal, and he died so quickly. Um, Father's Disaster came out after that, so part of my my juvenile brain was like, it doesn't have the original guy. I don't want to <laughs> listen to it. And then I heard, I was like, yeah, this fucking it's rules, never mind. Um, but sometimes we fall into those trappings as young men. Yes, but, yes. Yeah, it's a cool album, cool album. Um, and the beginning of the sound that we know from this band, if you've mm-hmm. heard this band. But uh, Chris notes or he says here uh on being asked about signing with southern lord he says we were all pretty shocked that a label was interested in us we've been touring frequently although not too heavily we signed a record deal for three albums and i don't think anyone expected us to last that long <laughs> jesus christ uh and this album was produced by arthur risk um who also uh, recorded terrorism piss jeans and cromags and tom asked him about working with arthur and he said he made it sound like a, like a classic '80s thrash record instead of something over polished and devoid of any kind of character, like a lot of the other records coming out at the time. There we go. Suddenly makes sense. Uh, you couldn't tell what year the record is from just by listening to it, and I always like that. People still try to copy Arthur's production from that album these days. Mm-mm-mm.
1: Glad to know we're on the same page. Yeah, as, uh, Chris here, and uh, also. Yeah, it is, it is crazy, too, because I think a lot of people, myself included, like Southern Lord is a, a metal label. Yep. But, you know, I think of Sun, I think of um, Burning Witch, the the Doom, the slower stuff. And then this is just like, no, the opposite. Yeah. So yep. I think it is cooler to have a diverse lineup of, of bands rather than oh you come to us for the one
0: thing. gotta be it's, it's like sst in the other days they put out st vitus and black flag and Minutemen and you know fucking whoever oh yeah yeah even though they didn't pay any of those artists <laughs> but you know the, at, least they, at least they had a good
1: selection sst is the ecw of record labels where it's just like Damn, you had a lot of cool shit going on. I wish you paid your your people.
0: Yep, yep. As they killed themselves putting out that stuff, uh, just like ECW. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I didn't. I, when I said that, I didn't know which one I was talking about. I could have been talking about either one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, rad album. It's gonna scratch the thrash itch. It doesn't stay overstay. It's welcome. It's good. It gets in, gets out. If you don't like thrash, you're not gonna be swayed move on but uh, we have one more left and you already know how we feel about it based on the game we play at this podcast in process of elimination so you ready i'm ready this is 2017's nightmare logic
1: What if they just made an album just like this? Yeah, <laughs> be a left turn, that's for sure. Power trip goes through the Walker Brothers.
0: The <sighs> hell of a band.
1: This I love this intro, man. Yeah, this is, feels feels good. Yeah, yeah. I, I just love how nasty it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah, a lot of Slayer simple vibes from these types of riffs. It's so fucking angry. It's so bitter.
1: I always think of, like... Ew. That like whining horse guitar solo Like, of which, like, like, like with like
0: crack. Oh yeah, yeah Weirdly. Dive bombs and stuff yeah. yeah So this intro section returns at the end of the song Yeah But I just want to give a little taste of uh, the
1: of The ferocity yes. The main
0: events It's so much tighter too
1: Yeah, this is uh song to punch someone in the face.
0: Oh, oh
2: yeah. That's
0: a fucking killer riff. That is a killer riff. And that.
1: And those screams, my goodness. So say it. Best personal favorite. Best personal favorite. Um, I think like just like in my, my heart, it's it's the best, like, to me personally. And then also if you wanna be lame and try to like I think like
0: technically it technically is also the best. Yeah. Uh so the vocals are still reverb to high hell they're still fucking everywhere they're bleeding all over the place but now the rest of the band is way more contained and tighter yes Uh, they sound tighter in performances as well as the production is not quite as bouncy um and it's contained
1: still got the dirt and the grime it's weird like yeah you guys are tighter but you're still fucking filthy
0: filthy and these riffs are are so fucked up i tend to just like every riff here more than the last two just Mm -hmm. generally um what was it uh yeah there's very few things in here that i have a problem with i think um firing squad kind of lost me um up top with the pacing but after that i mean jesus christ like the title track comes in with this really very super gallopy with really strong drums Mm -hmm. and then the breakdown like a two two minutes 35 or so fucking rules uh there's that fucking cynthia intro to Waiting Around to Die. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, that's... Waiting Around to Die is, like, one of my favorite songs on here. The riff just stays with me. I think it fucking closes out real strong. Uh, just, like... Like, that's literally all I can ask of a thrash song, I
0: feel like. Plus, it has all these cool synths in there, too. Yeah. Which um, is, they don't dabble with it too much, but it's in there.
1: And then, yeah, it's so interesting that they, like, had a bit of a moment with, like, Executioner's Axe, like, yeah. getting nominated with for a Grammy. Is that I, what
0: happened? Did they really?
1: Yeah. I uh, didn't know that. Holy shit, really? Yeah, and then it was in a few things. I can't place it on, but, like... Maybe like a few movies or or shows, but it's just like so crazy. Anytime a any band like this has a a big moment, I know the yeah. Grammys don't even show Best Metal on TV, but it's still fucking
0: dude. It's the- a fucking win, regardless. Yeah. The fact that you gave a band like this some some recognition dude mm-hmm. that's a fucking win Thrash never gets any net recognition like these no. days fuck no no so uh yeah it's just
1: like yeah there is something in the air with this
0: album where it kind of feels like like lightning in a bottle it is rad it does feel really good it's also super short i think this is the shortest album it's like 30 yeah 33 minutes um Everything that I said about the last one kind of applies here where it gets in, gets out, does a job and does it efficiently, uh, doesn't overstay any welcome, but it's just fucking more consistent cleaner, um, cleaner in execution not cleaner in like the sound or Mm -hmm. anything, but the riffs in general are just fucking better. It just uh, it's kind of like why I like a band like Sepultura, at least like mm-hmm. the thrash Sepultura, uh, nothing isn't. So, there's some moments where it sounds like them, but not like enough to where I'm just doing a d- direct comparison, or I like it because I like Sepultura, but it's just in the same itch, the same kind of uh, disgusting, dirty, furious thrash. Not so much the rocking melodic side of thrash. Mm-hmm. There is no melody here. There is fucking no melodies here.
1: <laughs> no, um, where I think you know this band is just a, a fucking like. Boom, just a, a like a literal firing squad. Like you said, they they're very good in out. Um, I did think the song Ruination was one of the most interesting. I'm mean, like, the song ebbs and flows in a way the other songs maybe just like we're starting here, we're driving down the highway real fucking fast and it's over. Mm-hmm. Where Ruination felt like Maybe taking taking
0: your time and exploring I, some unknown areas. I dig that intro a lot. Uh, I did felt it. Lo- I lost a little bit of oomph as it sp- it speeds up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not one of my favorite things, but I do like where it goes. Uh, it's one of the yeah. It's it's another good example of just some of the. It's not like, again. There's not a lot of variation here. It is mm-hmm. very samey, but within that sameness, you you pick and choose wh- where it goes, I and mean, especially with a, a genre like thrash, um, or you, rather, you pick and choose where. Uh, you notice where it goes because you, you can just lump it all together as sameness mm-hmm. um but with thrash i think it's it's kind of more necessary to just dissect it a little bit more absolutely uh, that's why the, that's why i like the the breakdown so much or uh like one is the the slayer section, i guess in uh if not us then who it's uh, like a, around two and a half minutes yeah uh it's fu- it just fucking rules and it's like i can't pitch it I can't, I can't. It's like if you don't like thrash, you, you, you again. None of this is gonna fucking work for you. But if you do, I can't. I can't say more than that. It's fucking. It's pretty damn cool.
1: Yeah, I also think the um are the lyrics on here are a little little more deeper, and there's some some more to di- dissect if you really are like into this music. Yeah. Um. So I think that's another like cool cool aspect of it
0: mm-hmm. uh, I think my favorite song on the album is The Closer Crucifixion oh shit uh, man there's something about those riffs that mm-hmm. fucking do it for me It mm-hmm. uh, very schizophrenic sounding very paranoid sounding uh, not they're not like obviously evil a mm-hmm. lot of the stuff does kind of come across as like obviously evil uh, but that one is a little bit more unhinged and it's like calling these riffs, you can't call these riffs catchy, but you kind of can. Uh, that's one of the ones where it's like, it's a bunch of ugly wrong notes, but it's fucking, it's hooky. You, you it feels good. You kinda, yeah, it kind of sticks in your head. Uh, fantastic riffs, man. And then, yeah, n- another great, satisfying breakdown around two minutes in. Uh, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's more of the same, sure, but it, it, it just, it just feels cool. <laughs> it just feels good. It's like we're going
1: deeper into the dirt and the mud but we're like tighter we're a unit about it and it's just kind of firing on all cylinders
0: yeah yeah it's a, a game strictly for thrash fans, but it is good if you are a thrash friend
1: I, yeah it does it does make sense to me why this album kind of has like you know they've like earned earned their reputation with other great thrash albums
0: yeah yeah although
1: had, i'm not really an expert
0: though. i had no idea of how uh big this album was mm-hmm. i just heard it once i was like this is it's I, I get this one it's, it's got to be this one uh it was like very little doubt that it was this one yeah um so it, yeah it kind of stands up on its own but uh, there was a pretty big gap in between. Um, good four-year gap. They, they, one of the tracks on the on the compilation was in 2014, but other than that, pretty big gap. And when Tom asked Chris about this, he said we'd been touring a lot on Manifest for about two years, and we knew we needed new material to keep going. I drove up to Dallas for two weeks, and Blake and I banged out all the music for Nightmare. By the way, I fucked up by not even reading the band name, the rest of the band members' names, because I stink. But uh, Blake, Blake ibanez is is a lead guitarist. Mm-hmm. Nick Stewart's rhythm guitarist, and uh, Chris Wetzel on bass, and of course yeah, Riley, which you have mentioned many times on vocals. But uh, anyway, Blake and I banged out all the music for Nightmare much more quickly and efficiently than on Manifest. I think we were just very locked in together on the vision, and all the time on the road previously had worked to our advantage. Although the music came together quickly, the vocals, solos, mixing, etc., took about a year. Everything had to be just right.
1: It's it's also interesting how sometimes the relentless touring could beat a band down, but yeah. I, th- I think when you're you're newer and younger, because um, there are a lot of stories where it's like we were on the road every night, fucking playing together, yeah. so they like naturally developed.
0: Yeah, yeah, things grow. Things can either it's really one of the other. It, they can grow and develop, or they can stunt completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really just depends on the the mentalities or the personalities involved um when tom asked chris um uh, he asked him about the realization uh that nightmare this album would be big for the band um chris says i think the album release shows in texas were a big indicator i hadn't ever attended a show that big in the hardcore slash metal realm we were also careful on how we planned and dropped everything whereas the release of Manifest was rushed and we didn't take the time to capitalize on it. Our first headlining tour for Nightmare wasn't very different compared to our previous ventures, but once the album had been out for a while and we did a lot of other, a lot of other tours supporting bigger bands, there was a big noticeable difference when the time came for our next headliner the following year. Uh, also, which I, um, I kind of hinted at earlier with the similarities between um, Riley's voice and singing from more obituary. Mm-hmm. Chris points out here. He says... Um, uh as as like bands that that was uh they were big for them to to kind of open for and share the stage with says uh obituary and exodus for sure those two bands are a huge influence on us and showed us a great time on tour we still keep in touch with a lot of them cannibal corpse was another big one for me uh good company (laughs) good company for sure
1: yep yep especially coming from that uh that grind he said he started off a grind yep so I could see liking you know, a nastier band like Cannibal Corpse.
0: Cannibal Corpse and Obituary, yeah, de- definitely on the death metal side. Yeah. Uh, Obituary, I think, was kind of like a pioneering death metal band, Cannibal Corpse, also, but in, in the much more extreme side of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit later, later on, if I'm not mistaking my years, um, in terms of influences, uh, he says all of us have a pretty radically different musical tastes, save for the staples that I already mentioned and a few others that are probably pretty obvious. My drumming style and influence comes from punk, especially a lot of '80s UK stuff. Hence the single kick. That's one thing, dude. This pretty prominent.
1: This music is so fucking powerful. I didn't even, I didn't even think like, oh, is that double or single? I'm just like, it's just fucking. Yep.
0: Massive, powerful, b- holy shit. So like with the thing with Thrash, it's really easy to not have a a, a fucking redundant, sorry, but redundant double pedaling section every other verse. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, a lot, plenty of thrash friends still do that. But uh, I always appreciated it when they didn't because I like double pedaling fine, but so much of double pedaling sections in a lot of bands just becomes... It's kind of like a crutch. It's just, yeah, it's a standard one, two beat but instead of one, instead of just one kick, it's it's just a constant double pedaling. So you, if you listen to what the hands are doing when you hear a double pedaling beat, then that kind of tells you everything you need to know about the kind mm. of creativity behind it. You look, at, you listen to someone like Gene Hoagland, and he's double pedaling and he's doing something beyond. Look,
1: let's not compare mere mortals to men. Exa- exactly. Or, or sorry, I got a god sorry i
0: got fair enough yeah he is pretty much a god when it comes to that but like that's a good example of of he's not just double pedaling and then just a simple one two beat will happen to be double pedaling it's a lot more intricate a lot more uh, intention involved it's a lot more complicated um so with a band like this i don't i don't fucking give a shit there's no double pedal i kind of almost like it if there's no double Mm pedaling uh and it's interesting too it wasn't it's not that common um uh, for he says Blake listened to a lot of rock and pop, so the riffing is always very hooky, uh, debatable, <laughs> but in certain some parts, hooky for this type of metal, uh, hooky for, for abrasive, vicious metal for sure. Uh, and he says Riley was into uh, old Motown and R and B stuff, and had a degree in technical writing, so the lyrics were oh, smart sh- but concise and straight to the point. Shit! Look at that! Look at that! Uh, and he says, and of course we were all we were all listening to Metallica, Discharge, sacrilege, stuff like that. Also not surprising. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, so they put, put this album. they have that bit of success. Time passes. COVID happens. Riley, dial, Riley, Riley dials. Riley dies. Uh, he was fucking 34, which is like, oh boy. Oh boy. That's not far off. That's not far off from either of us. <clears throat> I mean, I'm older than you're, that. And what I'm saying, you're, you're past it by a little bit. I'm, yeah. uh, I'm close to it. Yeah. I'm under it by a little bit. It's <laughs> like... just be careful with the drugs people let's just be careful with the drugs holy shit uh but in terms of continuing after the death um chris says it has been difficult undertake it's been a difficult undertaking to say the least especially with the pandemic and everything else tacked on to going through all of that we've been working on stuff intermittently and once we get it to a place we're happy with we'll get it out to the world in some capacity so i don't know what that means in terms of vocalists i don't know if one of them took over vocals or they got someone else already
1: but uh that's all you can ask of a band that's grieving yeah if you want to be an asshole and ask anything of a band that's grieving, i guess that
0: is. i guess it's also been three years and it, it's at that point it's like well are you gonna break up or are you gonna keep going and some bands it's like pretty clear immediately. i think with a lot of bands it's clear immediately mm. uh with the band like brainiac it's like oh we're done we're mm. absolutely done that was that was the guy doing everything and we're obviously done and with this this is more of a combined effort. Mm-hmm. He did the lyrics, of course. Uh, and he, it was a huge part of the style. I mean, hopefully whoever they place him with can uh, match some of his intensity.
1: I think, I think part of it was when he passed away, um, even though I wasn't a fan, was just he, seeing and hearing other people talk about him where I was just like, fuck, like... Like he had an impact on on so many like bands that I listen to and appreciate. So like, yeah, like the 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 metal community. Like, re, it was like you could tell people were hurting.
0: Yeah, Ugh. yeah. This it's fucking bummer. <laughs> it's just fucking bummer. I mean, it's I mean, any death is a bummer, I guess, but. It's always like, oh fuck! You, you make plans. That's what. That's what. That's what you do. Like, we, it's easy to like look at it like an old artist. You're like, ah, you know, it's bound to happen. But you make plans when you're younger. Mm. You shouldn't make too many plans. <laughs> you You don't. You never know. I mean, we talk about death a lot in this podcast. I realize, but it's like it's a, it's part of it. Like, <laughs> we covered so many artists where they just died in abruptly out of fucking nowhere. It
1: happens. Man. Yeah. Really fucking heavy and especially in your I mean yeah 30s is it's too young it's,
0: fucking, it's, it's frighteningly young but also you just do what you do with what, what you got you do what you can with what you got and you just fucking cross your fingers that's all we can all that's all we can do and stay with a fucking fentanyl dude just fucking be careful for the love of Christ god damn can't stress that enough man test your drugs at least I mean at least that fuck i yeah i'm lame i don't even know how to test you they have like testing strips and stuff oh that's right that's right yeah
1: you know what i think the growing up in the the quote unquote war on drugs oh yeah that brilliant idea burnt me out so bad that it's like yes i know this is bad in an epidemic but i just like can't bring myself to like read too many news stories about it because i'm like i feel like there's there's like a gross overreaction to it well i'm i'm sure there are people who are covering it in a
0: normal manner but well there's still i think some of these are actually actually being underreported because there's a lot happening and i think it's a, a bigger problem that we have than people make out people kind of focus on culture stuff when like no but there's like a real like actual sure. like substance thing going around like uh and of course we all know about the opioid stuff which went mm. on for way too long before people started raising a ruckus uh the, drugs are dangerous <laughs> i don't know what to fucking tell you <laughs> like uh but people are gonna people are gonna people so i don't know we're not in any fucking position to start preaching i guess no yeah no, even though no. i feel the inclination to just stop it's, doing it's, them
1: it's more of a uh concern for for
0: people that make art we like and people that we know people that we know for sure uh yeah, and the fact that it's so rampant with with artists and musicians like it's a, it's a cliche but it's quite accurate. Um yeah, most people in these cities that we live in do it and it's like all right buddy, you're if you ain't testing your shit, all right, good luck cuz can't you can't, can't fucking help you. It's it's not the same now as it was a few years ago. I remember finding out most
1: people did coke. coke. This is like a long time ago, but yeah. like finding out most people did coke and I'm like eh. It's a crazy thing to do. It's a
0: it's super crazy. It's like everyone. It's fucking against like everyone. It's, it's any random of- schmo, like like regular dorks. Like they, they all do it. It's it's
1: like for I think, you know, again, my generation, like the like 80s excess, or yeah. like you think maybe it's an expensive drug, but it's pretty fucking common.
0: Yeah, it's extremely available. Most people do it. Uh, and I have a huge aversion to it because I have a very specific upbringing and in, in childhood. And I'm like, get that, get the fuck away from me, dude! With, your, with just, your weird jaw shit.
1: Also, just your personality. You should not. Yeah, don't. I'm a little. Meticulous and analytical. Even, <laughs> even if it was totally safe to do, I'd be like, Mike,
0: please don't. I can't even drink coffee anymore. Not, there's no way I'm going to yeah. Well, that's
1: only because that was giving you headaches. It was giving me headaches, <laughs>
0: but also I got really dependent on like, I need the fucking energy. Like, um, I'm, I'm always I'm always tired. Now I just learned to live with tired. Mm. Now tired is part of my personality. Uh, and I still managed to talk too much and too loudly. So I think I'm doing all right. Uh, but, but. We are done. We have concluded. We have reached the end of our journey with Power Trip. And I think it is time for a brief recap. Uh, And if you wouldn't mind recapping for both of us, since we had the exact same picks.
1: Both of us. uh, Worst, least favorite, opening fire, um, Young Cats, great debut EP stuff. But as a testament to them as musicians and songwriters, we both felt like they progressively got better. And that this accumulates and nightmare logic which is both our best personal favorite a uh, a younger
0: yet landmark thrash album it is pretty fucking rad it's chunky it's tight it's mean it's very very upset it's an upset album and if you like thrash you probably will enjoy it if you don't i, I well sorry i don't know
1: get your clean shit out of here get your we- clean ass
0: agent still bullshit out of
1: here sorry <laughs> roll around in the dirt
0: yeah let's get a little messy but thank you so much for listening and watching thank you to Paige for suggesting for suggesting this and giving us your money thank you very much very much very much and being patient Oh, yeah, this took a while. I, a anyone while. anyone
1: who requests thank you for being patient. They take a while. Thank you very much for
0: sticking with us. And... and also for being kind and giving us an easy band this is, this is not hard at all thank you to fucking Tom for getting our, our uh, interview with Chris uh, and thank you to Chris for fucking actually obliging us. us yes, yes. And, and being a part of our little uh, thing that we do here it's very cool well, we have self esteem issues so they're never going away once you got them they're there forever yeah. therapy can help <laughs> a little bit but we're, we're, we're basically hating ourselves <laughs> uh, so yeah if you, want, if you want to help us out hang out longer subscribe like the video talk some shit in the comments tell us why we're or smart and or idiots it's all good you can follow me on all social media at panda monkey and alex on instagram at every album alex please follow our history guy tom osman at tom Osman sounds on all social media as well as tom uh as you know he does a lot of work for us and be, he also makes a lot of music so please check out his newest album um industrial state of mind which he did with existent, non-existent you can find a link to that in the description i uh, can also check out my ep panda monkey and there's a link to that in the description as well if you want to be a rad cool person like Paige, you go to you go to patreon.com slash every album ever where you can suggest albums sorry you can suggest full discographies for us if you're tier two like her uh or you can go uh, the the cheaper route you can just be a part of our community five dollar tier you can, you can be you can see our schedule in advance you get to vote on our polls to decide who we cover next you can de- join our discord um which is also where You suggest our EAE singles episodes, um, you know, newer, newer albums that came out this year, throw them on there. We might do an episode on it, but it's a cool little community. People are very, very talkative and engaging, and they have a lot of knowledge about fucking dorky ass, obscure music. And that's what we like here. That's what we love here. So go there. Do that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Closing it out. Well, final song.
1: One song. One song only. My little
0: butter um <laughs> crucifixion <laughs> gotta be crucifixion yeah hell yeah so thanks for listening and watching see ya